Hello, my courageous beauties. This is your host, Crystal. I am back with another episode. Thank you so much, so very much for tuning in. So I have another topic that I want to discuss with you all. And uh, the name of this episode is going to be All Roads in God Lead to Glory. Okay, so I just want to share some things that I have been reading and um, some things that I've come up with in regards to what I have read. So I hope that you enjoy. And so let's just go ahead and get started. So I know that um, you people have always heard God will make a way out of no way. Right. And so I actually want to challenge our thinking when we say that. Now, um, God already created everything. And the reason why I say that is because God had already created everything that we needed, especially when we visit Genesis 1 and 26 through 31. Okay, so let's go ahead and visit that. So we're going to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. So let's go ahead and go there. And it says in verse 26, and this is the King James Version. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish over the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he man, he, him, male and female created he, them. And God blessed them. Okay, let me stop right there and go back. Right here in 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. That proves that we were created as spirit first. Okay, so definitely remember that part. In image of God, created he him, male and female, created he them, okay? And then when he created us after his image as a spirit, in verse 28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And verse 31 says, And God saw everything that he had made, and and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Okay, so I just wanted to lay a precedent down based on what God has created, how he started with creating us. And reason why that is important is because God created us as a spirit first. He established making man later on. And I'll read that too. But the main thing is he was telling us to be fruitful. He gave us a mandate on our life. He gave us an assignment, if you will. It wasn't until Genesis chapter 2, 7, when he actually created the body for man. 
And when we say man, we're talking about mankind, because that's why it says in in the first chapter where it talked about he created male and female. So male and female is the spirit of our body. Okay, that's what he created. That's what God knew. And that's what when you say new in the Bible, it's about relationship. Okay, and so I'll read it to you. It says verse seven, uh, Genesis two and seven. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So it wasn't until after he already knew us in the spirit realm and gave us a mandate, then he then he created our bodies. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why that's important. So when God, when he when our bodies were formed, Okay, he already knew us. He already gave us. He already had relationship with us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. Okay, that he already had the finished result to every possible outcome our life would ever or could ever play out. So I want to speak victory today to situations and circumstances in your life to let you know. That no matter, and I mean no matter what it is that you're facing, God has always had a way of escape from the enemy and the enemy in me. And that just means things that we cause ourselves. So when I say this, don't take me wrong. I do believe God can do anything. But when it says what the thing that I want to draw attention to our thinking is, I don't believe that God has to actually create a new way for us. I believe the way was already created and our paths were laid before us, no matter what that path would take or what path you would take. I just believe that when God says he will do a new thing, he already knows what he's going to do, but it hasn't been that new thing is new to us because it hasn't been revealed to us yet. And I'm going to show, I'm going to go through another scripture. It's Isaiah 43, 19. This is the NIV. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So I'm going to get into a little bit of definition here on words. And I'm going to do some parallels with the NIV, which is the new international version. And then the King James version, which we call KJV, right? So the word spring up there where it says now it springs up. Spring up is what the uh, NIV says and spring forward is what it says in KJV, which means to sprout, spring up, grow up, right? And so when God is doing a new thing, that means he's doing a fresh thing in our life. We have never seen. He is the author and he's the author of this fresh thing, this new idea, which he will cause. And then when you say he will cause, he will cause it to grow. He can cause it to sprout up in our lives, such as like a plant, such as like our hair growing or such as our speech, meaning changing the way that we talk by our experiences, by things that we've been exposed to. Those things can change our speech because our mindsets can be changed and transformed, right? Figuratively. Now to grow abundantly or thickly, you could think more about hair or plants or whatever, right? But in all of that, God can spring those things forth in our life. Now in Isaiah 43, 19, where it says, do you not perceive? 
perceiving is he's asking a question. Do you not know it? Uh, Did you not learn to know? Did you not perceive it or understand it? And to perceive also means did you not see it? Did you not find out or discern it? Um, Did you not discriminate it or distinguish it to know by experience or to recognize or even admit or acknowledge or even confess? Or even did you consider to know? Have you been acquainted with this new thing or this new person? Or do you even know how to be skillful in something or to have knowledge or to be wise, to be made known or become known or be revealed? That's the key. I believe when God is saying, did you perceive it? He's saying, do you know that it was revealed to you? You know, and it's something else to make oneself known or to be perceived or be instructed to cause to know. So I think when God is doing a new thing, he springs up a new thing, something we don't know. And he's asking, did we receive it or do we understand? He's causing us to know it now. So when you thought that there was no way and it didn't look like there was a way in the wilderness, it just wasn't revealed to you on how what that way was, right? And so I think a lot of times what God will do is through experiences and circumstances, he will appoint a time and put us in the right place, the right frame of mind through our experiences when we allow him to, so that those ways of escape from whatever our circumstances or situations, you know, are, we are able to go through with greater faith. Because even when God says he'll make a way out of no way, doesn't mean that you're not going to still have to go through whatever way he creates or whatever, you know, whatever way he reveals to you. So it doesn't mean that he's just going to erase all your problems. So definitely not. Let's not think that. But let's just understand that you're when it when it's revealed to you in that time, your faith is going to be greater. Your strength is going to be greater. And even if your strength is not greater, he said his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So it's always a caveat to something within God. That's why I'm saying all roads in God lead to glory. So, you know, let's keep going. So and there's even something that says ordained. Because back up at the top where we talked about how God knew us in the spirit before we were formed in our mother's womb. So before you were a baby, before your parents even knew each other, he ordained you for such a time as this. He ordained even the situations that you're facing because he knew he put enough in you for you to be able to go through them without the smell and come out without the smell of smoke. So if it's ever something that you're going through that you think like, man, when is this going to end? It's going to end when you get the lesson that that is coming from. It's going to end when you acknowledge that God has given you a way out of it. And now it's up for you to take the reins of your life and say, okay, what's next, Lord? Let You know, I hear you, Lord. What is it that you need me to do? You know, and really seeking after him and finding out what that is. Right. And so um, it says, I am making a way. Right. He says, I am making a way. And in the K, that's what the NIV says. In the KJV, it says, I will even make a way. And that is saying the way, the road, the distance, the journey, the manner, the path, the direction, all of those things, I believe, even a moral character, those things are already there. We just have to be brought to the acknowledgement of those things, you know? And the way you do that is by having a relationship with God. 
in order to make sure that you're on the right road with God, pray and wait for an answer and actually really listen. And in order to make sure that you're doing what God's word says, you got to read it, you know. And so with the NIV version, it says he's going to make a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. KJV says wilderness is un- uninhabited land. So that means the land's already there. He's going to make a way in uninhabited land, right? So that means the land's already uninhabited. The land's already there. Everything that you need is already in you. It just hasn't been revealed to you yet. Living, living Rivers of living water haven't been flown out of you yet. Everything you need is already in you. So something I didn't write down that just came to me now is when when Edom or Eden was Garden of Eden. And actually, that was I think that's the next verse, if I'm not mistaken. Let's take a look. Um, yeah. Verse eight, Genesis two and eight. I, let me recap seven. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the earth, of the ground and breathed into him into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and in verse 8 it says and the lord god planted a garden eastward in eden and there he put the man whom he had formed and it says verse 9 says and out of the ground made the lord god to grow every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and then it goes on to talk about the rivers and all this stuff like that So skipping down to verse 15, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it right. And so he gave precedent on what he should and should not eat, what he should not do. Right. He even went down a little bit further in verse 18, saying that he needed a help meet. It's not meant, it's not good for man to be alone. And so, um, you know, He even brought the animals to Adam to tell him what he would call it. And so the bottom line is God did not put a chair in the garden. He didn't put a couch in the garden. He didn't put finished results as far as a chair or something in the garden. He put trees in the garden. So what I'm saying to you is just how a land is uninhabited where there's no people means the land is unkept, right? So he just how the garden was kept at first because God just created it. He then had to put Adam there in order to continue to keep it, right? So that's how we have to do with our lives. God will lead you to a place, but we now have to cultivate what we know. And so when we don't know which direction we're going, we have to then draw near to God, to the source to find out what direction we're going. And then he will reveal to us when we are at a spot where we can handle what it is that he's trying to reveal to us. So yes, there is a way. I don't necessarily believe that God has to continue to create new things. I believe they're already there and waiting and ready for us, no matter what path we take. And we just have to get to a place where we're responsible enough in the spirit realm and in, in our physical life to understand the situations that we're facing. So God can now reveal a new way to us. So it's not new to God. It's new to us because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He never changes. We change. Okay, and that's why we have to get in our mindset that we have to change. So when our surroundings change, our mindset has to change with the surroundings. 
if I get a new house, I can't live in my new house how I live now in this current house. Why? Because it's a new space. It's a new opportunity, a new start. You know, God's blessings are new every morning. Yesterday's gone. So I, I can take the lessons and the, and the blessings and things that I've learned from yesterday. But I'm not going to live the same exact way I lived yesterday today. Why? Because yesterday's gone. Today is new. And I'm not going to live the same way I live tomorrow. It's going to be better. Every ram goes higher, right? So anyway, there's more to this. And so um, back to what I was saying about in the wilderness and the streams and the wasteland. So wilderness is unhabited land. Wilderness land that already there but not yet found and not yet cultivated. And changing the way that we talk is enabled to be able in a new place, a new mindset. We already talked about that. We can talk our way out of our blessings, something we need to make sure we don't do. Because if we're not careful, we're going to be like the children of Israel. They murmured and complained about being in the wilderness, even though God saved them from being slaves. Egypt, first having ran in the, in the bush was uh, Moses, you know being with Moses he was a Hebrew man and by raising him up in the enemy's camp God prepared Moses for a time to help get his people free for the moment in which he had to because of what happened to him as a kid he got access into the enemy's camp now one thing I will say about this would he be the same Moses that he was had he knew what his what God's purpose was for him probably not he probably would have did something to mess up something and you know that's why we got to get out of our own way we got to get out of God's way that's why I said the enemy and the enemy in me sometimes God doesn't reveal things to us for our own good you know so Moses was you know there was a situation back in the day where they were they were going to kill Hebrew children so his mother put him in a basket and put him in a river and uh, one of the Pharaoh's daughters found him or his wife, someone found him, not to quote me, but someone found him and raised him as a own. And he ended up being raised like he was an Egyptian, but he was really a Jew. He was really a Hebrew. And so that allowed God's provision to be made for the people that were slaves and allowed them to be able to follow Moses he had access he had access there and then in turn when it was perceived in him someone told him he didn't believe it yet but someone told him and then he perceived who he was but God then at the time being able to speak face to face told him his assignment because he was raised in the enemy's camp this whole time and he didn't even know it wasn't time for him to know yet he knew all he needed to know once it was his assignment had came to pass. Once God revealed the new thing to him, he knew all he needed to know to hit the weak spots of Pharaoh. But this whole time, it was God's plan in order for his power to be revealed, such as he heartened the heart of Pharaoh himself with all the plagues. And even after God ordained Moses to be the man that would lead captive captivity captive by parting the Red Sea, being a cloud over them by day and a pillar of fire over them by night, they still were impatient. And God even made manna fall from heaven to feed them. And Moses struck a rock. He even struggled with his faith, even though he was leading the people. 
because one thing he struggled with is that he stuttered. He had an issue with speaking and God said, I didn't call your stuttering. I called you. He didn't care about that. So, so he, he told him to hold, he held the staff. God told him to speak to the rock, but because he still relied on the, he relied on his staff so much. He wasn't even able to go into the land that flowed with milk and honey eventually. So even though he was this great man and he led God's people, he wasn't even able to go forward because he still struggled with his faith. So he struck the rock with the staff instead of speaking to it. Water flowed and the people still had everything they needed, but they still complained. And God was trying to prepare them to go to the place he had already prepared for them. The land which flowed with milk and honey. And that means if there's milk there, that means there's cattle there, which in that time was currency and honey, because how expensive is it now and how sweet is honey now and how it flows. But for the trip that was not supposed to take that long, it took 40 years of them wandering in the wilderness, all because they murmured and complained and couldn't perceive nor understand what God was trying to do for them. And, And even God's grace made it so that their shoes and clothes didn't wear out. But yet, and still, they had fear. Fear set in. They were back talking Moses and ultimately God, saying that they should have stayed in Egypt because they were afraid to go and possess the land. God had prepared for them the most, you know, and most of them didn't make it. Even even after Caleb was brave enough to go into the enemy's camp and brought back the good of the land to tell them how good it was, some still didn't make it. They had dry, empty, desolate places, first as slaves and in the wilderness because they couldn't get past what they saw in front of them to perceive or see what God was doing for them in the spirit. And so with that, they perished and in their mindset. So as I've said, all of this to drive home the idea that even when God is saying he will do a new thing, it's not that God can't create new things for us it's just that he already did he created everything he was going to create in genesis and that's why even the fruit and the plant life has a seed within itself for for as we do for us to be fruitful multiply replenish the earth subdue it have dominion which means power over our situations and circumstances but through life's deep dips and valleys and turns and trials God has to get us ready to know that the way was already there this whole time but we had we have had to been cultivated enough to even notice it our minds can't be a slave we can't have the pulpers mentality in a land of freedom we have to be able to have a need have the mindset to even perceive and accept the newness of God but in all of that it takes time we prolong our seasons like the children of Israel by murmuring and complaining, wallowing in complacency. Faith without works is dead. We have to remember that. We have to believe and trust God and perceive what he is doing and then do the work to possess the land. We cannot allow fear to take over. We have to have courage to receive our next. You have to do things afraid sometimes, afraid in your flesh, but having faith in your spirit, in God. You might be afraid in your own capabilities, But be afraid in your capabilities and allow the Holy Spirit to take over and have faith in God's abilities. As I said before, when your faith, when your when your strength is when you feel weak in strength, that's the perfect time to allow God to take over. Now, things take time. Remember, we're talking about all roads lead, all roads in God lead to glory. 
things take time. Seasons change. We might have to have had a certain life lesson before that way God has for us can be revealed unto us. So I'm here to tell you that as long as you stay steadfast, unmovable in your faith and believe God to do everything he said he would do, that all roads in God lead to victory, which is God's glory revealed. I'll prove it to you. Jesus said, I've already overcome the world. Okay. And that in itself, Jesus is our ticket. He knew no sin, became sin and died with, with, with our sin. So we could become the righteousness of God. And he died, went to hell and took the keys to death, hell and the grave. And he rose on the third day with all power. He spent 40 days on earth after that, before he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of our father. And, and I just want to say thank you, God, the right hand of our father in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. So right there, that should tell you that if it took 30 years for Jesus to start his ministry, which lasted three years, and then he knew what his purpose was. OK, it lasted for three years in order for him to die, to rise with all power. And it still took 40 days before he went to heaven to show himself after his passion to his disciples. That means it might take some time to get through your situations. But the key is that Jesus and the word of God is a combination with the Holy Spirit. And in due time, your new paths will be revealed. And even though God already knew all your outcomes, no matter which role you choose, because you are doing, doing it through Jesus, who is the gap filler, the bridge over troubled water, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Your road will lead to glory in God and you shall have victory. I just want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you understand that all roads in God lead to glory. No matter how you get there, no matter what it looks like, no matter how long it takes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and the Lord will lead you. He will lead your path. He will direct you. His word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Hold on just a little while longer. And I love you and I want you to be blessed. Father God, we thank you. We ask that you continue to bless your listeners, bless your people, Father God. I thank you for allowing me to be but a vessel, Father God, to be a servant in your kingdom. Allow me to be able to rightly divide your word of truth and share it with the world. I pray that you bless those that listen. Bless those that hear your word and perceive the way that you have for them, even though you've already given us everything that we need and everything that our hearts could ever desire. Father God, allow us to see what that purpose is that you have for us and allow us to touch that place in you, Father God, that we will have what it is that we need so we can press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus, Lord, in you. Allow your words to flow through us like electricity. Allow us to be in the right frequency, Lord God, that we may touch the hem of your garment and be made whole. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. And until next time, thanks for listening. I love you, my courageous beauties. Goodbye for now.